0: Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Music. Horror. Art. Politics. Bad well Welcome to society. K-O-K-W calling. I'm on international frequency. Come in. Make me want
1: to You know, what is this? What does this represent? Uh, because this isn't just about soda. Hello, beans, this is Dave. And hello! Don't judge me! Don't judge me! Don't judge me! do It's going to be called Little Roll, folks how you doing out there uh we have another edition of wax teeth on kettle whistle radio and of course there's only one person well there's two people that actually could take me away from an interview on liquid metal with uh rex brown from pantera and that would be Dimebag himself and um one other person we have on the line right now uh miss the lovely lydia peaver hi there she's back again and i really appreciate you um coming back again and introducing us reintroducing me to this movie but this is a classic movie sometimes we cover a classic movie and uh this was your pick
0: yeah it was and it's one of that really rare north american giallo films not something that i'm normally into but this movie is a real standout classic that i really like too
1: the eyes of Laura mars 1978 Mm-hmm, with Faye Dunaway and Tommy Lee Jones. Yes, a young Tommy Lee Jones, which is always unusual to see because he always seemed like he was just always old to me.
0: <laughs> he always, he looks a little older than he actually is. He always has. I was trying to find another movie that I swear he was in called Q about this giant the giant flying, yes dragon
1: yes the pterodactylish dragon beast in New York City. And that was
0: him? Wasn't that around the same time as this
1: Uh, film? I don't know if he... He might be in it, but I know Michael Moriarty was in it. Um, Yeah. One of my favorites from It's Alive, a classic from back then. Boy, you really are up on your 70s movies and early 80s. Not really, no. No.
0: (laughs) It just seems that way.
1: Well, no, you're rattling off things that I know people have not even heard of unless they are into the horror scene like you yourself are, of course. Lydia Peaver, the author of "Nightface," I applaud thee. Uh, great book. Oh, I'm, I'm still thanks. waiting for more. You know, she has lots of stuff. We'll plug that at the end. But if you don't know her by now, you're fucking insane. So, and you don't listen to me. <laughs> um. Anyway, back to Laura Mars. Okay, The Eyes of Laura Mars. It's a slasher flick, and it's by Irvin Kershner, whose other claim to fame would be Empire Strikes Back later on. That's why I wish it. Mr. Arvin Clay could be here with us tonight. Big Star Wars fan. He's tattooed up Star Wars. Believe it or not. But um yeah, Irvin Kershner and a screenplay by John Carpenter. Yeah, pre Halloween, John Carpenter, his first uh, film. Right, and we see things from the killer's point of view, and also at times it you know it could be, you could see that mask again because you see through uh, all the eyes of uh, Laura Mars. I hate to say that, but she sees what the killer sees, and it is a murder mystery, so we don't want to give any spoilers. But um now, what attracted you to this movie is if I didn't know Lydia.
0: It was the photography, and that's another reason I wish Arvin were here. I didn't know about the <laughs> Star Wars fandom thing. but Does that does uh, that knock photograp- us back a,
1: a few points? Are you a Star Wars hater?
0: Oh, no, I'm not. I'm a Star Wars uh, okay. fan. I, oh, if cool, you want to cool. play Star Wars versus Star Trek, I'm a Star Wars girl, for sure. Awesome. For sure.
1: Okay, go on. But, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, no, it's the photography. I really wanted his take on... Uh, They they show a lot about what the lifestyle of this like cocaine and charge cards kind of New York 70s editorial fashion photographer life is like. And it's just not not really an attainable position anymore. And back then, maybe it was. I don't know. And it it seemed to be. It seemed everyone was some sort of high powered fashion photographer. But uh, it's just not the same anymore. And it's not as much of a rock star gig. I wanted Arvin's opinion on that too, oh. and I
1: can't wait to hear what he says. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I promise that we will get him to feed into this one. We'll do a part two session on this movie. This movie's worth it. And, uh, yeah, again, this was a good movie. This one everybody needs to go back and look at, and Arvin will have stuff to say. Um, and it goes back to you were saying it harkens back to the New York City I remember growing up as a child um, the one that my parents never wanted to take me to because it was gritty it was dirty crime everywhere it wasn't just like you, you didn't have to go looking for it now it would find you but I was totally <laughs> attracted to the fact that it was that, and that's why I found all my heavy metal out there. I I would make sure I went out there when I became a teen to see all the great bands in the dirty little clubs I wasn't supposed to go to. But it was movies like this, and this was filmed during the the height of disco, drugs, and punk rock was in the catacombs of even Long Island and New York City itself, of course. Uh, You got CBGBs happening at the same time as Studio 54. It's a dirty time in human history, really
0: dirty but awesome and yes. just like it's bedazzled bedazzled <laughs> it's bedazzling with it's grime yeah
1: yes it was the grunge the grunge of slashers <laughs> oh gosh totally. no, no I don't know but we were talking earlier uh, about the fashion and how bad it was
0: yeah, but for high fashion, it was pretty low. I mean, looking at some editorial in Vogue around that time, I used to flip through a lot of Vogue. My uh, One of my aunts was a Vogue fan, and she get a North American Vogue and European Vogue. And, of course, everyone enjoyed European Vogue for a reason. <laughs> North American Vogue had this ugly fashion like that, as far as I could tell, with my <laughs> little tiny young eyes. Uh, but, yeah, it was...
1: Yeah, uh, it... Girls were not all that good looking. They're hideous, yeah. hideous yeah. ideas of what high fashion was.
0: Yeah. No, not at all. The hair was terrible. Oh, the hair The was... makeup wasn't even editorial.
1: Right. Uh, everybody's hair was bad back then. I actually... I, I was around for that and I saw it. I mean, my parents would have parties. And it was like the dudes would have the... Everybody had an afro. It didn't matter. There was dude froze, and there was I, it, just girls with giant hair. Giant makeup and giant clothes that just it didn't fit it was just insane
0: just how the makeup wasn't even quite as big as it had to be even though like you're saying in real life seeing people around that era the makeup was huge and the hair was huge Hmm. um they just didn't pull it off but that wasn't even the focus really i think if they would have it might have taken the focus away from the story maybe that's why
1: they didn't play it up like they should have Right. Again, Irvin Kershner, who did Empire Strikes Back not too soon after this, he, he got the ebb and flow of a film. He had, it was pretty scattered. It was a murder mystery. A murder mystery. He took all these abstract ideas in, uh, in a microcosm of the fashion world and brought it all together. And, the, I mean, the cuts were awesome. Everything flowed really well. And he did that, again, I'm going to compare it to Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. How do you come back from Star Wars and make a sequel that isn't yours? Well, he proved it earlier, and that's why they hired him for Empire Strikes Back. He did it with this this murder mystery movie slasher, and he did such a good job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the storytelling is really bang on, and the uh, flow is really excellent. The framing, I don't know how much of a hand he would have in that, but aside from D.P., but the framing is beautiful, mm-hmm. and you help push the story along just by having people float around in the background, which right. seems to do a lot in both films.
1: Yeah, you got to love the uh, background dancing, uh, the little dance intervals there. <laughs> the little, oh, yeah. What would you call them, the dance montages? Yeah, This was like the introduction to using real music in a soundtrack, though. At that time, Casey and the Sunshine, Sunshine Band and freaking Babs, we had uh, frickin' Babs singing the opening song, Prisoner. Oh, oh, I almost didn't want to even talk I about know, that. I know, I know. I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a no. fan. <laughs> but that's a big I know name. that
0: <laughs> it's, it's about like who you like. And that, have, I, that has a lot of say in films today. I mean, Quentin Tarantino, he puts music in of, of bands that he prefers personally likes usually right, right. and a lot of directors do the same thing but what 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 what, what is that right i'm sorry it just so does not fit but it's sort of you know some of the music at the ends of things like sleepaway camp and fire 13th yes, yes. those songs don't fit either
1: nothing fits yeah i know
0: it's yeah. different when it's at the end, though. When it's right at the beginning, you're just like, Whoa, "I don't know about
1: this." I, I hate. I honestly, I do hate when a soundtrack doesn't fit. But they they found it. I mean, it did fit. The disco fit with the the scenes they were shooting with these you know insane people in, in horrible clothes dancing. And she is a <laughs> photographer. I mean, she's you know she's of course this stuff still goes on. That that made, oh, yeah. that made sense. Yeah. Babs, Babs, Babs I, singing. I
0: don't know. I totally love playing music when I shoot. Like, I'm the last few band shoots. We weren't listening to music much sometimes, but usually not, which is the opposite of what I normally do. And I wanted to ask that's another thing I'm going to pick Arvin's brain. Does he shoot with music in the background?
1: I think he does. He's Arvin Clay. He's like really big in industrial music, which really works with that I mean it, it's that, that music just flows and has beats so it, yeah it is like writing and like shooting a picture absolutely I think industrial music is the best music for that I mean you could do punk rock in a chase scene that's awesome but if you have people just moving from frame to frame I think industrial music moves from frame to frame so Arvin yeah that's what he uses that's my guess
0: we'll have to ask
1: yeah oh, I'll know we'll, we'll 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 get him back in here we're going to do a part 2 on this movie anyway this movie deserves it don't you think I mean again screenplay by John Carpenter early on just insane
0: yeah I feel that too many people like you said have missed this um, yeah. and even then mentioning it to people uh, that we were going to cover this when they'd ask what movie we were talking about again. Um, when I'd say Eyes of Laura Mars, they were like, "Oh my god, that was so amazing! I haven't seen it in so long." And da da,
1: da. They, Now there's some people out there rewatching it just by virtue of us talking about it. And there you go. Good. That's what it's all about. I mean, you got people. You have a, a horror icon in here, a lot of people may disagree with me, but Brad Dorff, who has 150-something, uh, whether it's video games, horror movies, uh, mainstream movies, and cartoon characters, and ch- the voice of Chucky, mm-hmm. under his belt, I mean, he is a horror icon. I was mentioning earlier Spontaneous Combustion. That's a, a movie that all horror folks should go back and revisit. That's a lot of fun. I th- It's early 80s, I believe, but Brad Dorff, who plays Tommy, another photographer, a, a creepier one, um, in uh, the eyes of Laura Mars, of course. Well,
0: he's her driver
1: right? Right, but wasn't he? I thought he was also a photographer. Oh, was he just the driver?
0: He was just the driver and her helper, okay. like assistant person.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, oh, you got me on that one. I, I I thought he was also like a creepy. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. He was just the driver because the other guy. Uh, you're right. Um, Phelps, um, her manager, <laughs> played by we're talking about Renee Abergione, who also has uh, like over two hundred films or shows under his belt uh played donald phelps he i remember him yelling at him that you're just the driver so yeah you're absolutely right that guy's kind of weird in his own sense we were talking about how he showed up in king kong when i was a little kid uh he has a little a small part um did you now did you reckon else
0: not at all and i like i when you were saying king kong i was still racking my brain i can't place him but it just maybe he didn't speak to me when i was younger and watched it and it's been a long time since i watched king kong um, but Brad Dourif, I definitely recognized, Yeah. and recognized him from a lot of little
1: things. Right, and of course now, Lord of the Rings, he plays Worm Tongue. I right. thought the end. We're fading. Yeah. Yeah, you're fading a bit. You want to do a redial? Am I back? You're back, all right. <laughs> Are you good? You want to do a redial?
0: Well, I, mean, I could just repeat what I want to say, like what I said about—I don't know. Maybe you just cut that out.
1: I don't know. Okay. <laughs> People like to hear you talk, so it doesn't matter. Go for it.
0: Well, if we're going to talk about characters, I want to talk about Gomez Adams. There you go. Raul Julia. Raul Julia. That's you, yes. the
1: first uh,
0: other character that I recognized. Creepy right off. as all hell. <laughs> oh, isn't he? And he's—he's he's crass.
1: Yes. Yes, yes, he
0: is. I, I know we, when we do these films, we talk about the attitudes that men and women have towards each other, and some of the things that she says to him are just like make you cock an eyebrow now. Yeah. Um, but when they're arguing, and she says something about she's he's been screwing her, one of her friends behind her back. He disappeared for a while as ex husband. And he says that she was the best meal ticket I ever had. And oh, she's yeah. like, no, I was the best meal ticket.
1: Right. She knows that she was a meal ticket. She's what okay. they argue about? <laughs> yeah. That was a freaking awesome moment on the couch. <laughs> I, yeah. I, yeah, I knew you could bring that one up. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I yeah. <laughs> I thought that any, was so Any certain. girl nowadays, would just be like, uh, a lady, whoa. You'd, right. <laughs> you're more than that. And, and now mention. we, and, and we live in a deal, in a day where it's like, you know, uh, guys have trophy wives and it's the girl that is like kind of latching on. Here we are in the seventies and here's this dude. And he's like, yeah, I just want, you know, I just want that trophy to pay my way. <laughs>
0: Pretty much, yeah. I just want to, like, sit around,
1: get drunk, watch you make money. Right. We have freaking reality shows now that, that portray women doing this. You know, the guys are, what's this freaking K-Fed and all that? I, I hate all that bullshit. But anyway, enough of all that. Um, we should actually, you know, it's funny. We, we we tend to miss when we do wax teeth. We don't mm-hmm. tell people what the movie is about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, like a synopsis, a little summary. Like, yeah.
1: You want to do the honors or I got it? <sighs> Yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, it's a slasher, mystery, 70s, uh, gritty New York. And our lead character, Faye Dunaway, who is absolutely beautiful in this and um, incredibly sexy in her own way without trying, I must say, um, has visions of murders taking place. And she sees it take place. It's people she knows. And she is the, um, well... I guess the, 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 uh, the, she could be the perpetrator and all eyes are on her and she gets to see the murders take place and we'll leave it at that. I don't want to spoil too much.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, hence the title eyes of Laura Mars. Exactly. It doesn't give much away, but yeah, that's basically the summary.
1: Yeah. Good stuff, man. Um, and I don't like mysteries. This was, this was to me an early slasher, you know, like dress to kill Brian De Palmer. The Palma. Uh, sorry, my Long Island accent came out just that. Uh, it <laughs> Did it ever. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, around the same time period, you know, that, um, a lot of good slashers came out. They didn't need the blood for it to be uh, horrendous, really. I mean, we're talking like Ice Pick to the eyes situation.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is gory, and the yeah. visuals are gory. What they show is all stills, though. Most of the gore is it's not like action gore. It's
1: Yes, picturesque stills of gore. Which, again, you being a photographer, that had to entice you.
0: Now, apparently, some of the bloodier scenes were shot by this particular photographer that shot a lot of gore like that. The name eludes me. I used to know it, but maybe Arvin would have a, a take on that i know he's done some gore photos too himself, oh absolutely I, yeah I, I he have.
1: likes his gore again we're gonna get him in on this conversation this will be part mm-hmm. two of the eyes of laura mars there's no doubt in my mind um he, he wanted to be here but don't worry we'll, we'll bring him back in
0: yeah i know i just i i keep uh invoking him <laughs>
1: he'll like that he likes to be invoked (laughs) um let's see here now uh john carpenter god how old was he when he wrote this was this his breakthrough before because like halloween was like the next year or the same year right
0: i don't know 78
1: 78? 77 star yeah i don't i there's so much going on my god the late 70s was like i don't know that hollywood has ever done better I mean, there's so much that came out from 75 to 1980. Just so much. Now, is this
0: why we're remaking all of
1: this? I think Who's so. Who's re-
0: going to remake Eyes of the Prize?
1: Right, and who's going to be in it? I mean, that's what ruins a lot of a lot of movies. Faye Dunaway, Mommy Dearest was one of the scariest movies I ever saw. <laughs> when I was you know, a young kid, home from, uh, I was sick, home from uh, I don't know, junior high, and it was on HBO, and I put on, here's frickin' Faye Dunaway going ballistic on her kid about wire hangers. I'm like, wow, this is scary.
0: <laughs> I was a little older when I watched I guess I was probably about 17 or 18. I was, uh... uh Uh, taking photography in college and doing wedding photography at the time and it at the time i was doing a little bit of gore photography on the side and band photography of course but i wanted to do more gore after i saw this for sure it it told me it was okay
1: absolutely and it was i mean it, it would just only then people would get carried away for some reason this movie still has like um well, there's a class to it. It's a class... Well, classic slasher. But there's a certain class to the characters. I mean, there's plenty of smut going on there, as much as they could get away with back then, with an R rating.
0: No, and there's a lot of tuxedos, bow ties, and bicuna mm-hmm. jackets. Like, it's...
1: It is it is classy. <laughs> classy people. Disco soundtrack.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. That's classy.
1: Uh, well, sort of. That was um. That's a faded class. That, that's something... Uh, where I come from, it was it was just as dirty as the punk. The punk was more real at the time, and the, the the disco was more drug and sex infused at the time. So, there, um, I did a whole show on that actually. It's um, it was an interesting time. I will just say, <laughs> I was very young, but I saw a lot of weird shit. <laughs> oh,
0: I can imagine the weird shit that shaped you. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, and now that's why I like heavy metal because <laughs> it's so much cleaner. Yeah, uh, so much. <laughs> So much, oh uh, yeah! I can't wait for that new Morbid Angel that's coming out soon. Anyway, I strayed from the point. Um, what else is going on in this movie that we need that we're missing? I think we're missing Arvin Clay, but other than that, there's like so much. Um, the flow of the movie um, it ends real abrupt. I laughed when you sent me that email, and you're like, "Great movie, but God, it ends so abruptly." You know? And I was just like, "Yeah." It does. It does. And that was a time where movies just, they just ended. They didn't end time after time. Killer gets back up and kills again. No, no, no. Just ended. Credits. Um, how'd you feel about that?
0: Hey, yeah, I like that. And I do like when endi- uh, endings that just move. <laughs> yeah. And movies that just end abruptly. I like ambiguous endings <laughs> too. So if it would have hung where Tommy Lee Jones gets super intense for a moment, like ridiculously intense, more intense than I've seen him in the past couple decades...
1: Lee if Jones. it could have ended there, with yeah. all the unanswered questions. A young Tommy Lee Jones as Detective Neville. He was an intense detective, that's all I'm going to say. I, I, I love watching his intensity grow as the movie went. That's what makes him so great now. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't matter if it's men in black. He's, just, he's fun to watch. He is. It's his face and his eyes. Whether
0: he's being scary, quiet, loud not scary zen Mm -hmm. he's got these eyes that tell everything that's going on behind the words he's saying
1: yes and you you mentioned earlier he was in possibly q that movie about the pterodactyl dragonist dinosaur that lived in new york do you think it was him in that
0: i i do think it was him but i can't remember and i can't find a thing about it i know right
1: i know michael Moriarty was in it and he's one of my uh favorites Going back to, you know, okay. it, the original It's Alive. But um, yeah, uh, Michael Mariano, well, uh, have you ever watched the original It's Alive? I don't know that I've talked to you about it. Um, people that listen to me are probably sick. sick of me here, sick of hearing me talk about it, but the original one from 1977. I don't know. That's one you need to revisit. Uh, try it, try it. But we definitely have some other ones lined up here, but we're going to continue this this conversation needs to go on as far as i'm concerned because this is such a great movie
0: yeah i can't keep lighting candles to invoke Garvin. he's not showing up no
1: no i I didn't even have a missed call he's yeah he's 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 having a rough time right now
0: (laughs) no that's understandable
1: (laughs) but all right so what other points have we missed here it seems like uh let's see we're talking about brad dorff um well, John Carpenter, my gosh. There's just so much going on in this movie. But I, I just like that you see through the eyes of the killer. Um, and that was a 70s thing. You, you go to Halloween, you go to Jaws. And you see, you know, you're seeing through the eyes. Of the, it's so much more scary for some reason. Why is that? It really
0: is. I don't know where they picked that technique up from either. Maybe it's a technique used more in the Italian horror. Maybe. Um, which they were invoking, to use the word. Too many times. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to. We've had a lot of Skype issues tonight, folks. And Skype, you know, is not our friend a lot of times. So we've been going at this for a while. But, you know, hey.
0: Now, with Eyes of the one thing I do want to mention that I wish they would have done is I found they really only ramped up the psychological angle of this film, which is the most gripping part for me and the most interesting part and the truly scary part. They really it's only injected at the end and it's injected like 20 cc's to the heart and then they don't really get into it anymore
1: you know you're absolutely right john
0: neville as a character yeah he could have been so much more fascinating i almost want like a a story on just him but
1: yes even a backstory would be good um like but a lot of them like dress kill dress to kill was like that too like that was supposed to be the big the big impact was wow this you know there's this person that is not the person you, you he's supposed to be or she's supposed to be um and that's the big uh you know the big, uh, the big cell you know that, like that's all there is I, I, Friday the 13th it was Jason and no it's not Jason it's his mom you know um mm-hmm. you know they always go for the psychological thing that was big then now since we're all crazy that's not new anymore <laughs> it's true maybe that's exactly it unfortunately yeah it, it just... was scary and
0: unknown then
1: yeah 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 and now it's mainstream <laughs> we're all zombies we're all zombies I, I have to ask you did you catch world war z not yet no no nah, me either okay I, I don't feel bad then all right. i stopped to see insidious the first one. Oh, I, mean... I like that one I like that. Sure. I like that one. Um, I um, the same director. What's his name? Uh, did uh, um, ooh, that one the uh, the uh, Conjuring? Okay, yeah. Lots of fun. That's a good movie. That actually has the old jump and uh, old scares using new tactics to scare and an old audience. I, I thought I saw it all. Still jump at certain points. It's good. It's good.
0: Yeah, that's what I've heard. Haven't seen it. I I've been watching old movies. Right? No?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you? <laughs> of course. Uh, well, I, listen, I, I appreciate you bringing up this movie. The Eyes of Laura Mars is a great revisit. Um, if they were to remake it, and this is one, at this point, I agree with you, they should get into the psychological aspect of the killer a little more.
0: It would be fun if they didn't want to butcher the existing storyline. Mm-hmm. and If they didn't want to do it shot for shot. If they could, that would be
1: brilliant. Right. It would be something like a photo montage before of all these fashion designers found dead, you know, is there a fanboy killing them, you know, and you know, you start off with the credits, do like a whole Rob Zombie montage in the beginning and then roll into the the actual story. Don't change a goddamn thing, but then develop the end more.
0: Oh, could we change the song?
1: Oh, no, we have to keep Casey in the sunshine band, and I think Barbara no no Barbara Streisand. I agree with you i can't i oh, jo- was- I can't even joke like that, yeah,
0: okay <laughs> I <laughs> oh. thought you were doing a good
1: job joking like that <laughs> <laughs> no uh, but who would you pick now? would you go with something modern or would we go would it be a period piece?,
0: oh, hmm. that's a tough
1: question New York disgusting, gritty New York or I mean, I, I mean, may have to stick with the bad New York style back then. and I, I don't know. Then you have to go with disco and throw some punk in there, too.
0: Yeah, you'd have
1: to, just to be a little more accurate and time. Right. Maybe the killer has a punk origin and he hates all his disco shit. <laughs> well, it really depends on who's scoring
0: it and yeah. what bands they like right now and what is doing, you know, maybe something by MGMT
1: would fit. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Right. Uh, and somehow fit in Debbie Harry doing a cameo. That would be nice. <laughs> a little uh, fetus or Lydia Lunch? Oh, wow. I like that. Some Lydia <laughs> Peaver just showing up, you know, good measure. Guest photographer. <laughs> no, no. No, thanks. <laughs> well, again, this was fun. Um, we should go out with a song. Um, I know that you're setting me up with a, a punk rock band for our next show. Three
0: punk rock bands.
1: Oh, damn. All right, so I think you should introduce a band and a song, and we're going to play one right now. Yep. No? Play one on
0: this episode? Yeah, why not?
1: Okay. Well, you want me to go out with some disco? I could do that.
0: (laughs) A disco, yeah, a
1: disco sounds good to me. (laughs) I could go out with a disco song right now if you want.
0: Why not some Casey in the Sunshine band?
1: I don't, I'm not licensed for that, but goddamn, I'd love <laughs> to do that right now. <laughs> well, what are you gonna throw on? Oh, I don't know. Uh, we'll save uh, your bands for the next show. Uh, we'll figure. I'll figure this one out. I'll put something uh, creepy on. But uh, I- again, Lydia Peaver, thanks again for this edition of Wax Teeth. Um, wh- well, next time around, obviously Arvin will be back at your request. How do you feel about Dementia 13, Francis Ford Coppola's first uh, flick?
0: I feel really good
1: about Dementia 13. Okay. Well, I own it, so it'll be easy for me and Arvin to screen. You're going to get a copy of that?
0: Yeah. I know I can hunt one down at Invisible Cinema
1: here on Bank Street. They have scores of great old films. Okay. Very cool. Well, this is what we'll do. This time around, people will know what movie we're going to watch. We're going to watch Dementia 13, and let's see if people want to feed in. And if you uh, have anybody that wants to join you, send us emails, quotes, whatever, and we'll uh, quote them on it. I want to see what they think. Because I don't know know anyone that has seen that movie. I really don't.
0: Dementia 13? Ages ago, the same place that I watched all these old films that I do watch, uh, Allison's Video Express in North Bay. He didn't have it, and I had him order it in. So I've seen it.
1: Okay, well, I, I knew you did. But yeah, people don't normally. You see that that's the the the, the aspect. Of, what I'm trying to get here with wax teeth is you don't have to agree with us, and you could obviously go watch these movies on your own. But you're getting the point of view of Lydia Piva, who is an incredible horror author. And you know, she's younger than me. I've got generations above her, like four <laughs> Not generations. By much. Oh, four you know, I'm an old man. And I was around for the 70s when all this shit was new. I still love Creature from the Black Lagoon. You know, there's a reason that we talk about these things. Maybe we can sway your point of view. Maybe we piss you off. Maybe you have something to say, something to give to us. Well, this time around, do it. You know, email one or the two of us. And if you want to, I don't know... I'll take sound bites. I don't care I don't know if you're afraid of people yelling at you or whatever I'm I'm not yeah if
0: you want to do a Vine video do it you know you can get a hold of us on Facebook you can get a hold of us on Twitter it's fairly
1: dark for David and not typical Lydia for me Would love it we love it love the feedback and um, hope you enjoyed this and again Eyes of Laura Mars screenplay John Carpenter Irvin Kirshner great director Faye Dunaway hot as all hell just being sexy and just being yourself uh, what else do you have? What do you, what do you have in closing?
0: You get to see Gomez Adams be violently sexy.
1: <laughs> and there you have it. Good night, folks.
0: Another aspect that I can't see Another version of me Between all the lines you read Hidden carefully I have some jello okay
1: okay well that settles that introducing the deep leadership podcast Subscribe today. Electric Podcast. Electric, acid. Electric acid.
0: Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there.
1: Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between.